Hey, I've got some great news for you. You're in luck. Things are very uncertain right now. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, last week I said that this week we're going to be talking about your responses to a recent podcast and newsletter we sent out about why are you stuck? Why do you stay stuck when you know what to do? Well, the responses we got just flowed in, and I thought we ought to address a little, going a little bit deeper in that, because there was just one question that I had addressed a couple weeks ago on that, why do you stay stuck? So we're going to be talking about that. Why do you stay stuck? But yeah, you're in luck. Things are very uncertain right now. So here's some of the questions that we're going to be addressing, and some of these are kind of statements, not just questions. But Dan, I'm afraid of letting people down, not bringing enough value or disappointing them. I'm stuck. I'm at a stalemate. My children are graduating from high school. I'm finished my master's degree, yet I still feel unfulfilled. I don't know what to do next. And how about this one? Why is it so expensive to receive help? Those who genuinely need and want the help can't get it. Why? Someone says, over the years, I've grown comfortable in misery, distracted, negative, lazy, uncertain, powerless, mediocre, and so on. Wow, that's a list. Dan, I'm afraid of doing something that would hurt my family. I'd rather overplan, take my time, than make a rash decision that they must pay for. And then somebody says, things are so uncertain right now. I find it's suppressing any clarity. All right, we're, we've got a lot to go through. I'm going to just share some of the responses that came in and brief responses, and then a plan of action at the end. You know me, we're going to have a plan of action. How do you walk out of uncertainty? How do you walk out of feeling stuck? Well, our quotation comes from Napoleon Hill. As you know, we're doing a year-long study through the book, Think and Grow Rich, in the 48 Days Eagles community. This quotation comes from the author, Napoleon Hill. Our only limitation lies in the development and use of our imagination, I want you to keep that thought in mind as we go through this today, and I'm going to come back to that at the end after some of the questions we've addressed them. Come back to this idea of imagination. Again, Napoleon Hill says, our only limitation lies in the development and use of our imagination. Our resource today, we always have a resource. I'm simply going to direct you to 48days.com. It's been a long time since I've done that. That's a great starting point. So no matter what it is that you want to move into, what it is the next level of success as you see it for yourself, go there, start there. We got a lot of resources for you. Got to know, I appreciate the, the reviews you all leave for the podcast. I appreciate you doing that. I don't ask about that very often. We've got hundreds of them there. I've been doing this a very long time. Got one here I want to share. This comes from Aaron, who says, uh, not trying to suck up here, but Dan, you're the only podcast I listen to anymore. I enjoy your willingness to speak honesty and truth, the way you don't shy away from your beliefs, and your focus on good news every week, rather than the rest of the news we could listen to. I enjoy the positive, uplifting, and sincerity you demonstrate as you talk about all matters of work and life. Truly a blessing to me for over the 12 years I've followed you in 48 days. Well, thanks, Aaron. I appreciate that. And I appreciate the opportunity I've had to be around for 12 years and more. Well, back on April 30th, 
So a few weeks ago, I titled that podcast, Why Do You Stay Stuck When You Know What To Do? Now, I addressed just one question. I really addressed a question in there from a coach on helping a client move forward. But the responses we got to that really alerted me to the fact, wow, this is a common malady where people, even if they have had access to resources, perhaps, feel stuck. They feel stuck in moving forward. Now, I want to set the stage for how we're going to look at these today with a short story. Uh, there's a new book out there. It's by Jay Salmon. It's titled Future Proofing You. And in that, he tells a story. Well, really, I want to describe to you what the Pygmalion effect is. First, you need to understand this. The Pygmalion effect was that thing where it refers to situations where uh, teacher expectancies of student performance became self-fulfilling. So that means this, you know, so they've got 30 kids in the classroom. The principal walks in the first day of school and tells the teacher, now you got 30 kids here, but now these five, these are really exceptional students. They're more intelligent. They're more gifted. They're more talented. You know, these students are really going to excel. You're not going to have to do much with these. They're just amazing students. Boom. End of story. He walks out. Well, at the end of the year, they do the test and sure enough, those five excelled in everything. I mean, they're at the top of the class, everything they do. But here's the caveat. Here's the Pygmalion effect. There was nothing special about those five kids. They were chosen at random. Could have been any five. But having set the stage for the expectations of the teacher, they actually did perform better. So here's the setup. In this book, Future Proofing You, Jay Samet, he talks about you know, how to start businesses, how to be extremely successful in that. And he decided he needed to test his own theories in a real life situation. So he found a kid. Now this kid was an immigrant, unemployed, and had been getting $100 a month on welfare. But he picked this kid out of an unemployment line and he told him that he had interviewed 100 candidates and that he was the only one to have all the characteristics for success. So the kid's name was Vin, and he, he, he says, I let Vin know that I had interviewed many candidates, and of all the potential mentees, he had impressed me the most as having the skills, drive, and intellect to be a millionaire. He says, Vin internalized my praise, immediately got excited about he was going to focus all his energy on making a million dollars. Now again, immigrant, unemployed, low-level jobs, that's all he had ever experienced. But he was told, you have the skills, the drive, and the intellect to be a millionaire. Now, the author's goal was to help this kid make a million dollars in one year. Sounds pretty outlandish, doesn't it? He hit it in 11 months. Now, I don't need to tell you exactly what he did because it doesn't matter. You don't need to do what he did. You need to do what you can do. That's the real ticket here. Do what you can do. It's not just to model what somebody else has done. Do what is it that you have that would lead you to extraordinary success? So we sent out after that podcast, we sent out a newsletter with the subject line, why are you stuck? And we all get stuck. It's not something to be ashamed of. Staying stuck is, let's look at five reasons we get stuck, what to do about it. And I listed being comfortable, distractions, negativity, laziness, uncertainty. And that's when the flood of responses started coming in. I said, reply to this email and let us know so we can help you work through it. Identifying it, calling it out is the first and most important step. 
Now let's look at those just a little bit deeper and I'll share your responses. Being comfortable was number one, not having a burning desire. Now without really something clear that's a burning desire, a lot of us get stuck in what I call comfortable misery. I mean, things aren't great, but they're not terrible. It's just comfortable misery. That's why a lot of times it takes some kind of inciting incident, some kind of a precipitating situation. You know, you lose your job, you break your leg, like one of the listeners here is going to share before we take action. But that's also why I hear from so many of you who lost a job, it's a terrible, horrible thing. And then two months later, you tell me it's the best thing that ever happened to you because it prompted you to look at other options. Now you're going to do something that's way more fulfilling, way more profitable than anything you've ever done in your life. But being comfortable is a way to stay stuck. Number two then was distractions. I mean, there's a whole lot of things out there that get our attention. We're all busy. You know, I'd encourage you to share what your ideas, share what it is you want to do with other people so you have a little bit of built-in accountability. I mean, that's what of course, that's a lot of what happens in the Eagles community. People have that accountability. They share what they want to do, and then other people are asking them, you know, two months later, hey, where are you on writing that book? Hey, where are you on building that business you described? Well, number three is negativity. Sometimes we know what the negative things would be if we move forward. It didn't work out, you know. But uh, if you think about the downside, you tend to draw those things toward you. I mean, that's just one of those self-fulfilling prophecies. It's like going back to the Pygmalion effect. If you think you're going to fail, you will. That old Henry Ford adage, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. So you can get stuck with your own negativity. Number four, laziness. Sometimes it just comes down to lack of ambition. I mean, there are a few things that make me cringe more than that. The idea of being, well, in the Bible, or describes that person as a sluggard. God, can you imagine any more gruesome description of a person than being a sluggard? Well, laziness can give the appearance of that. And then number five is uncertainty. This can be another thing holding you back or keeping you stuck. When you find yourself making excuses, you find that you fear something, that's where you have to decide. Decide, D-E-C-I-D-E. Think about that word. I mean, that word comes from the same word as homicide, suicide. It means something's going to die. You're going to kill something. So you're going to kill the fear, the negativity, the uncertainty, or whatever it is that's holding you back and keeping you stuck. And if you have that burning desire, then you can work through the excuses you've been making to yourself and get through the fear that seems to come with that. You don't have to have the fear go away totally, but you decide not to let it hold you back any longer. So what about you? Why are you stuck? So that was the setup, and that's where your responses flowed in. All right, I'm going to go through these quickly. And um, some I'll just just read to share what other people's thoughts are that you may identify with. Yvette says, uncertainty. In my life, it shows up as fear, fear that I'm not doing enough, fear that I'm doing the wrong things, fear that I'm not listening to God's guidance, fear that nobody is listening to my message. There's a lot riding on my success right now. My biggest fear is that I won't make enough to support my family through the uncertainty of my husband's dementia diagnosis. Every day, oftentimes, several times each day, I decide to work through the fear. I'm making progress on my goals and work to put my faith in God. So Yvette identifies uncertainty. Russell says, for me, the strongest barriers are uncertainty and being comfortable. I have several options, and I'm not sure where I can best serve. 
Each one has advantages and problems. Can I live with the problems? Can I live with the lost advantages by not picking another options? Being comfortable is another big one. It's nice to have someone else selling for me. I can do my best to keep the customer happy using my strengths without taking time to try to bring in new business. Even though it doesn't work as well as I like, my current job puts me in association with others stronger than I am in certain areas. My point of pain, one that would that I would carry if I went on my own is that I haven't figured out how in a virtual office to find the people who are stronger than me and have time. All right, great, great points there, Russell. Again, a lot of you in identifying what you're struggling with also gave the clues to the solution for that, which is certainly the way it works. It should work for all of us. So I commend you on just thinking through this stuff deeply and then seeing in describing your challenge also the keys to your own solution. Cliff says, I'm thinking all five, but there's also the OP factor as in other people. A lot of the time, trying to constantly please other people while you're doing something you're not loving is one of the contributing factors of burnout. I would say so. You're not performing at your best, but you put food on the table, pay the bills while fulfilling the vision of what others think you should be. And you are afraid if you move forward, you will cause irreparable damage to your life due to the reaction of others. You don't benefit, but others do. And when you express your displeasure, your ability to provide and your spiritual condition are questioned. Boy, you packed a lot in there, Cliff. Again, a lot that you can work on. This living under the cloud of trying just to please others is a tough role to fill. Ultimately, it will lead to burnout and to other kind of stress indicators. You know, backache, headaches, even the, the stronger physical ailments that we end up with, often attributed to this trying to live out the expectations of others. Nope, got to be true to yourself. Like the old Shakespeare, you know, know thyself to that own self be true. Got to go back to that. Got to figure this out. Nathan says, this email got me thinking. I've been reading and rereading it daily. I'm a great writer. In fact, I do that in my day job. And I keep thinking about journaling about and contemplating becoming a freelance copywriter. I would eventually want to become a marketing consultant and a business coach for aspiring entrepreneurs and small business folks. I'm already doing the latter as part of my day job, just not in the way that I'd like. I think I finally figured out what it is that's holding me back. It's not a fear of cold calling people or getting rejection notices. I'm afraid I'm going to let them down. I'm afraid I'm going to fail to live up to my prices or that I'll write copy or or wireframe a website for them and it won't work. I just don't want to charge someone money for something and then fail to deliver what I promised. Seems disappointingly simple that my holdups come down to a simple fear of failure, but there it is. You asked me to respond with what's holding me back, and I think I finally have been able to voice it. Well, Nathan, thank you for your transparency, your honesty, and your introspection in that. Uh, Nathan shared this in the Eagles community as well and had a whole bunch of people respond there. I'll share a couple of those and then my own response. Lauren says, oh my gosh, yes, so much of this. I'm in this season two of psyching myself up and talking myself out of it. I've been afraid of success and trying to figure out why. And this is most definitely why I'm afraid of letting people down, not bringing in enough value or disappointing them. Thank you for sharing this and helping me pinpoint my own pain point. And I, I wrote back and I would add to that here, you know, Nathan, I'm delighted you're working through the things that are holding you back. I think your insight is very valid. 
I'm afraid I'm going to let them down. But now here's what I want us to understand. That's a totally natural thought when you're starting anything new. I mean, if you're washing cars, if you're laying bricks, you're mowing yards, building websites, doing brain surgery, there's going to be that thought as you begin. I mean, it would not make sense if you didn't have that initial fear. Anything new that you're starting that you haven't done before is going to initiate that fear. Now, you can describe that in another way. It can be positive anticipation. You might just try naming that fear something else rather than fear, which sounds like such a negative word. But yeah, you've got to believe that you can deliver what you say. If you know you can and you serve a few clients well, your confidence will soar. And that fear that you might let them down will diminish. So get in the game and get a few under your belt where you do have happy customers. Sure, that helps all of us be more confident, bold, have more energy for what we do. I mean, we all start out scared, but then as our success grows, our confidence increases in proportion to the fear decreasing. There's an old saying, I've heard from multiple people, but uh, David Joseph Swartz said, do what you fear and fear disappears. I don't want to make that just a little casual, shallow saying, but there's a lot of truth in that. And there's a little book written a few years ago, and the author talked about doing things that where we have that initial response right when we're getting ready to do something that we've never done before. And the title of the book is Flinch. And he talks about, you know, we flinch. And he talked in there about the idea of even walking into a cold shower. Wow. I mean, just think about it. You just flinch. You you cringe. You flinch right before you do that. Well, I had talked about that a couple of times. And I thought, you know, instead of just talking about that, I need to do that. So I really experienced it. So I did that. Matter of fact, I went through a whole month where I did it every day uh, as an experiment in January, but to walk into a totally cold shower. And and the thing is, you know, you flinch those first, first couple of times, but then you walk in, you think, wow, this isn't going to kill me. You know, it's kind of a rush when you first hit it, but then you stand there and I actually got up to where I could stand there for two minutes doing that. But uh, do what you fear and fear disappears. All right. Andy says, uncertainty in the idea of decide means something must die. I have two jobs right now and a third job looking for a new one. Long story, but I have to get out of one and decide where I go and what to do next for the sake of many things I have to move. And it might be a slight piece of laziness involved. All right. Again, I love the fact that as you all responded to these, you identified your own solution. Lawanda says, great advice. I'm stuck. I'm at a stalemate. My children are graduating from high school. I'm finished my master's degree, yet I still feel unfulfilled. I don't know what to do next. You know, Lawanda, when we come to those transition points in our lives, be that finishing your own schooling or having, um, I've got a friend right now who this weekend has one child graduating from college and one child getting married. I mean, those are real transition points, but those give us an opportunity ourselves to kind of take a deep breath and say, okay, what's the next chapter going to look like? I mean, if you're a mom and your kids are moving out, you experience that empty nest. That's a new season. So the fact that your children are graduating from high school, you're finishing your master's degree. Wow. What a great opportunity to take a fresh look. All right. Now I know my past, 
But what I want the future to be, of course, the tagline we have on 48 Days site is the best way to predict your future is to create it. So you get an opportunity to create the future you want. Terry says, I don't even know the date that I got this email, but I've been stuck in the same job for 28 and a half years. I don't even know what I'm passionate about anymore. I know in my head that God has a plan and a purpose. I've made many mistakes in life. I've taken many personality profile tests and career assessment tests. I pray and ask God for answers. I'm still lost, confused, trapped, and stuck. I feel very alone going through self-help books. I also don't have the money to be able to pay for counseling and guidance. Why is it so expensive to receive help? Those who genuinely need and want the help can't get it. Why? Let me address just that part of your question here, Terry. In my master's thesis, I won't go into all the details, but I want to give you the synopsis of it because what I found is that people who truly want to grow cannot be stopped. Even if they don't have access to expensive coaches, they find free resources in books, seminars, workshops. They find people who perform at higher levels, spend time with them. So I don't think you need to be stuck. In my master's degree, I conducted an experiential growth groups process for participants over a six-week period. Now, I was really excited about showing the amazing value of being led through the personal development process by a trained coach. That was a setup. I was going to have trained coaches, me being one of them, and a couple other students who are graduate students with me would be leading these groups. We were going to lead these kids through this experiential growth process, very, very clearly structured. So I had 200 students show up to be included, and then I split those. Half of them were allowed into my growth groups, and the other half, which then were my control groups, were told they could start at the end of the six-week period. So we measured for self-actualization at the beginning and the end of that first six weeks, all of those kids, all the 200, knowing that half of them had had the benefit, the luxury, the privilege of being in the self-growth group, and the other half had not. They had to wait. So I used the old Everett Shostrom's personal orientation inventory to measure self-actualization. Surprisingly, all 200 showed dramatic increase over the six-week time frame, even though only half had been in those organized groups that I had. What it showed me is that the key factor was mindset and motivation. If a person was motivated toward personal growth, they would find ways to make that happen even without a formal process in place. Now, I'm a a big believer in having a coach. Trust me, I get a coach for any area where, where I want rapid improvement. But there have been many times in early years when I couldn't afford to pay for a coach, but I found other ways to tap into the wisdom I needed. Now, just think about some of the things, you know, some of the books that I mentioned here, you know, How to Win Friends and Influence People, See You at the Top, Think and Grow Rich, The Magic Thinking Big, Acres of Diamonds, The Success Principles, I could go on. You know, I've got 15 that I think can make you a millionaire if that's what you want. But books, you always have access to those. Seminars, and you can check your local universities for ongoing opportunities or through your Chamber of Commerce, Small Business Development Center. You can listen to four or five great podcasts each week. I mean, the answers that I answer in my podcast that I've done since 2006, I'll be in 15 years. I mean, I've coached thousands of people that we hear from who have felt like they've been coached from listening to this podcast week after week. 
We'd start a mastermind group with others on the path to more success. Be active in our 48 Days Eagles community. I mean, lots of people in there sharing your ideas. I mean, it's 48 bucks a month. I mean, we're not talking about a big coaching investment. It's $48 a month to tap into the wisdom there. We have mentors who are experts in their fields, eager, ready to share their time and resources. You can ask a successful person to have lunch with you once a month. Oh, you mean, but... You're, Terry, you're in the driver's seat. I mean, exposure to great materials will increase your knowledge, but then you have to move beyond that to change your life. So start with knowledge, move to understanding, then create a plan of action. Trust this discontent that you're feeling. But like Solomon in the Bible, pray for an understanding heart and the willingness to take new action. I mean, that can open the door to work in a life that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. You know, the old proverb is, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. If you're ready as a student, there's going to be teachers appear all around you. Well, I move on from there. And yes, my, my thesis committee was thrilled to have results that countered all the common beliefs. They, they really were. They wanted me to publish and pursue the findings. I said, nah, just give me the degree. I'm finished. I'm moving on to other things. But maybe it's time to revisit and develop that concept. If you're ready to learn, there's nothing that can stop you. Well, let me take a quick insert here just to remind you these are real-life questions. I love these coming in. Every week, lots of questions come in. I'm honored to be able to unpack those with you together. Just shoot those in to me at askdan at 48days.com. Again, simple address there. If you got a question or a success story you want to share, just shoot it in to me at askdan at 48days.com. Well, Brad says, wow, that definition of decide really was eye-opening. I've been tr- stuck trying to transition out of the healthcare field. I don't possess any strong interest in any other field. I just want to never walk into a hospital again. I guess I just need to try anything and learn the hard way. Well, Brad, you don't need to be started with just anything. There ought to be clues. I mean, life gives us clues. You ought to be able to look back over the life you've already lived and see clues. Where are those times when you really did feel fulfilled? You know, where are those times when um, time just seemed to fly by because you were doing something that put you in your zone of genius. I mean, look back and identify those things. So you don't need to just have a smorgasbord, just throw things up in the air and see what lands. Nah, you ought to be able to have some clear guidelines to create an initial focus, then explore four or five things before you really narrow down to one. Kim says, stuck is a great adjective. Stuck due to uncertainty and fear would be an accurate account of where I am. Definitely not stuck due to lack of burning desire or laziness. About every other day, there's progress and a decision is made in order to keep moving forward, even at this slow pace. Well, that's awesome, Kim. I mean, with what you say here about every other day, there's progress and a decision is made in order to keep moving forward, even at this slow pace. I mean, that's, that's cool. I mean, with that, you'll be amazed at what can happen over six months, a year, three years. I mean, if we if we take something that's quantifiable, let's say that you wanted to lose weight. Now, it may seem overwhelming. I mean, it took a long time to get to where you are, and it's going to take a long time to change. But what if you made some small changes and you only lost one pound a week? Now, that's not an aggressive plan at all. Alan, one of the coaches in our 40 Days Eagles community, works with people on weight, and the average weight loss for them, once they work with them, is half a pound a day. 
So that's much more aggressive. But let's just say that you're going to do one pound a week. But if you're consistent, that's 24 pounds in six months or 52 pounds in a year if you want to go that far. Now think about how quickly a year goes by. I mean, if you just think about this pandemic that we're in right now, you realize it's already been 14 months? I mean, even with the challenges, it seems like that was a blink of an eye. That time has passed. So just keep making those small steps toward the progress you want. You'll transform your life into the life you want. John says, wow, you got me. It's like you were eavesdropping on my conversation with Becky this morning. After I got my music degree in college, I didn't even try to find a music-related job because all I could hear in my head was my dad's concern, music is too risky, which I received as, you're going to fail. Those thoughts led to, why try? I never gave 100% because why try? You're going to fail. You don't have what it takes. Over the years, I've grown comfortable in misery, distracted, negative, lazy, uncertain, powerless, mediocre, and so on. To combat this, I'm reaching out for help to change my mindset. I changed my morning routine with the help of a friend who rucks miles per day. I'm entering my discomfort zones on purpose and building disciplines that lead to improvement and excellence. Now, let me back up a minute there. He says, I changed my morning routine with a friend of a help of a friend who rucks miles per day. Now, when I first saw that, I thought, well, that's just a misprint. He just didn't type it. It's just a friend who runs miles per day. I had to look that up. It's pretty cool. He really does ruck. R-U-C-K. Rucking is walking with a loaded backpack. Ruck is short for rucksack. That's a military slang for a backpack. It says this is a cheap, simple exercise that burns calories and builds aerobic endurance due to added weight. I love that idea. A friend who rucks miles, you know, that, believe me, I'll, I'll expand on that more. I love when I learn from you, the listeners, as I always do, but I, I love that idea of putting a backpack on so you make the challenge even a little bit more difficult and then run with that. So he's learning from somebody who's doing that, and that can certainly help your mindset. Well, and John says, I joined the 40 Days Eagles to reconnect with people and believe, who believe I can and will reach my dreams. You are so right. And this is one of the keys for all of you who feel stuck. If you're around other people who are stuck, guess what? You're going to tend to stay stuck. If you're around other people who are breaking those chains of being stuck and are moving into new levels of success, you're going to be much more likely to do the same. Kathleen says, Dan, I broke the tibia bone in my leg and can't put any weight on it for at least six weeks to four months. I'm stuck in the house and live alone. I need to do something. Wow. What, what an amazing window of opportunity, Kathleen. I mean, usually those unexpected and unwelcome interruptions are God's gift to us in helping us explore, learn, and grow into a new level of success and fulfillment. I beg you, don't squander this opportunity you've been given. I mean, you could watch TV and overeat, and at the end of six months, be sluggish and uh, in poor shape with no ideas, or you can use this time to, you can learn a new language. You could become competent in a new and highly marketable skill. You could start your own business. See it in that way. Four months, potentially six weeks to four months. That's a long time. 
even if it's just six weeks, six weeks, my goodness, that that's past the 48 days. You know what I believe about 48 days. You can dramatically change the direction of your life if you create a plan and act on it. So take advantage of this unexpected window of opportunity. And if you see it as such, you're going to come out the other side a winner. Curtis says, I've been thinking about this for over the last year or two, and my fear is of failure, specifically not knowing how to do something. I can see the benefits, but can't always figure out how to get from the beginning to the end. That's the problem. I don't have to get from the beginning to the end. I have to get from the beginning to the next step. But that's a great insight right there. You don't have to get to the, from the beginning to the end. All you have to do is get to the next step. Um. Curtis continues, I can't eat the whole elephant in one bite. I'm learning to focus on the baby steps, baby steps through the planning, baby steps through the learning, baby steps through all the steps. I don't also don't believe people who say you can't do that because they are focusing on problems and obstacles. I want to focus on solutions. I'm also afraid of doing something that would hurt my family. I'd rather over plan and take my time than make a rash decision they must pay for. Thanks again for the encouragement and opportunity to grow and mature. Well, yes, plan carefully, but don't get stuck in thinking and planning. You don't have to risk your family's well-being. I mean, just take those baby steps that'll walk you into a new adventure. We talk a lot here about using just 15 hours a week to do something on the side. So you don't jeopardize your core career or what you're doing now. Just those 15 hours. And if you use those strategically in four different areas, again, you could do something really significant. And what our our goal is to help you in 90 days in using those 15 hours, get to where you're generating 50% of your current income in your core career. We've had hundreds of people who have done exactly that and seen that progress, then understand if they committed the rest of their time to what they're doing in the 15 hours, they could make up the gap in income and bypass that and go on. That's exactly the process a lot of people have used. Stephen says, I want to, I want to stop spiraling out of control. Please, I need help. A lot of people just wrote in, uh, one says, I need help. A lot of you just said that, you know, I need help, I need help. And uh, hopefully this is a method that I can convey some of the principles that people are using to help themselves and certainly things that you can adapt as well. Uh, TJ says, I'm not stuck at all. My ball is rolling. I've started down the path of moving on from my current job many times only to lose focus or get discouraged in some way only to turn back around and go back to my comfortable misery. I started listening to your audio book 48 days several weeks ago. I'll listen to a chapter over and over again to absorb it. The book has helped me gain insight tremendously into my own skills and attributes. I recently learned about the newly emergent industry of commercial drone piloting. I did some research for about a week in this past weekend. I started to study for my FAA pilot's license. I love that. I love that. Commercial drone piloting. I mean, who would have thought? But here it is. One of those new opportunities we couldn't have seen five years ago. Here it is. Actually, an industry, commercial drone piloting. I'm not turning back this time. We're going full force in this one. I already feel like I'm further down the path than I've ever been. I'm realizing that each next step is right there closer than I ever thought. Thanks for the guidance along the way. Well, thanks for your note, TJ. I love that story. Keep us posted on when you get your pilot's license and how that develops in the field of commercial drone piloting. Carrie says, I'm stuck because I don't know what to do next. 
I've list after list of ideas. I've signed up for classes, training, tutorials, etc. Haven't finished anything. Definitely comfortable misery, except I've lost my job and absolutely have to decide. I've been afraid of choosing the wrong thing for so long. Well, unfortunately, at this point, Carrie, then you're in a position of desperation where you can't just have the luxury of looking at ideas, exploring. You have to do something because you waited till you lost your job. So go ahead and do that. That's okay. I mean, it doesn't matter if you get a job, you know, at Home Depot, in the garden department. Just get something so you don't feel even more desperate by reducing your resources. No, do something where you can, but recognize it doesn't have to be your dream job. Just get something so you can stay afloat, keep groceries in the cupboard. And then though, don't just rest with that job, but use that time, use the next six months to really get clarity on what that would be next. You know, what is it that you're going to move into? But then make a list of 20 things if you want to, But then looking at what you know about yourself, use that as the filter for narrowing that down to three or four ideas, go a little bit deeper, and then choose one and decide that you're going to focus on that for the next year. You're not going to second guess or look back over your shoulder. Do that. You can walk out of this indecision that's been keeping you trapped for so long. And you can go through the process that I just described there in 30 days. A lot of ideas, narrow down a little more research, choose one and act. Eric says, I'm stuck because I'm comfortable. I'm stuck because I don't know what God's purpose is for me. How do you find your purpose? Yes, I lean towards negativity, but I'm wanting to negate that by surrounding myself with positive people. Well, good, Eric. But look at the clues from your life so far. Eric, I've mentioned this several times here. There there are markers in how you connect with people, what you enjoy, what you're good at, what you dream about. Don't let your negativity block you from a better life. Sean says, thanks for your service and resources. I want to figure out how I derailed myself, what's holding me back. I'm digging deeply to find my blocks, patterns, and blind spots. I'm sifting back through my Gay Hendricks upper limit notes as well. More success uh, and responsibility brings a bigger burden is what's resonating right now. I need to get the fire burning in me again. I have a family history of employees, not entrepreneurs. I'm the first to do a lot, and I've checked off a lot of the things in my previous list. I'm asking God for his list in this season so I can be in his rhythm and flow totally fulfilled every day. I'm a leader and like to be around people, so the solopreneur life is very challenging. I'm coached and meeting weekly online with a small group of businesswomen. So as I work on creating courses, websites, building lists, and social media, I keep wanting to go back to find employment because that's what I know, getting a paycheck. And it's easier than everything already there. Also, I've gotten to the end of my financial resources. Uh, Doing too many things well has been a challenge. I've never had those two or one or two things I really wanted to do. I've taken many chances. I've had great experiences, but just haven't been able to land and stick with something. I learn and master things really fast, which contributes to my boredom and wanting to move on. I know I need a new environment and fresh start. I plan to relocate to Charlotte, North Carolina to be closer to the cousins I grew up with when I get the resources. I've always known what to do, being the responsible and strong one, so being in this place is hard. I've released all that. I have a birthday in June, and I want to have my life in order by then. The encourager needs encouraging. I love that. My birthday's in June, so this is May, so a month out. I want to have my life in order by then. Well, that's, a, that's not unreasonable. Have that as your goal. Keep that out there. Uh, I didn't know I was going to type all of this. Thanks for reading. And I shortened uh, Sean's notes significantly. But 
you've again in the introspection you've done to write this out, you've identified a whole lot of things that you can do and knowing what your blocks are, what your patterns, what your blind spots are, identifying what your zone of genius is. You mentioned, you know, reading Gay Hendricks' book, the the leap. I mean, there's a lot of things you've identified in here. If you just go back and read your own note, it'll give you the clues to moving right up and forward as you want to do. Stan says, I realize my medical expenses are a built-in limitation. I've been called into the ministry a long time ago. So whatever I do will not involve making money. Yeah, I did pause there. I want that to sink in. I was primarily looking for some accountability to get things done. All right, Stan, let me respond to this a little bit. I realize my medical expenses are built into limitation. I've been called into the ministry. I want to really slow down with this so we can all kind of share this with you. I've been called into the ministry a long time ago, so whatever I do will not involve making money. I think that's a self-fulfilling, defeating prophecy. If you're going to look for ministry without the responsibility of making money, you're going to be seen as taking from rather than adding to in every respect. I would encourage you, change your mindset on that. Do something so that you make so much money, you have the abundance from which you can minister to other people well. I mean, the reason that I have a for-profit business is so that I can continue serving people without having to ask for money. Well, that's a topic for another day. One of the eagle's nests that we have going right now, led by our friend John Sanders, is ministry as business. How to have a successful business so you really can do the ministry that you're called to do. Well, anyway, I I just challenge you on on that thinking, that mindset. I think you're going to stay stuck if you have that mindset. You're looking for ministry with no responsibility for making money. Stefan says, thanks for this, Dan. I would say uncertainty. We've taken a massive risk in leaving our regular life and hitting the road six months ago. Things are so uncertain right now. I find it suppressing any clarity. Well, I want to just encourage you on that, Stefan uncertainty can present you with many options that you may overlook when things are certain. All right. We've got a whole lot more here. Nancy says, Dan, I'm stuck by distractions, uncertainty. Talks about all the things that she is considering, but just feels stuck because there's so many options. Nancy, having lots of options is a great starting point, but you can't keep 15 balls in the air. Take 48 days to list the possibilities you describe, then run those through the filter of what you know about yourself, your skills, how you relate to others, your dreams, long-term goals. What would you like your life to be like three years from now? Then narrow those options down to the two or three strongest, most fitting ones. Make the decisions needed to act and make those your reality beginning today. Let me wrap up with just a note on imagination. Again, we're going through Think and Grow Rich in our 48 Days Eagles community, one chapter each month, the fourth Monday of each month. So some of the things that are chapters, desire, faith, specialized knowledge, organized planning, decision, persistence, power of the mastermind, imagination. Imagination is the next one coming up. 
Our quotation for today, our only limitation lies in the development and use of our imagination. Now, most people don't realize they're not tapping into their imagination. But if you develop your mental and spiritual faculties, you'll bypass 98% of the people around you. Now, this is where it gets kind of tough. Most of us were not talk about these faculties of our minds. We were taught information. We were taught facts and figures. We were taught multiplication tables, geometry, and chemical charts, things that are instantly available today without taking up space in our heads. But we weren't taught how to develop the faculties of our minds. So imagination is one of those. You know, others are perception, reason, will, memory, intuition, but imagination. I mean, most of us have only used that in a really elementary way. I mean, think about being on the playground as a little child. I mean, I've seen my grandkids play on the little bridge in front of our house. I mean, one minute they're all pirates, and that bridge is the ship that's sailing them through the sea. You know, the next minute it's the home base for the game of flashlight tag they're playing at night. And then it's the tower where Romeo is calling up to Juliet. I mean, we, we do that as kids, but most of us as, as adults use our imagination to think about what could go wrong. We imagine all the problems and calamities that might just happen. We seem to thrive on imagining what could go wrong. Certainly there are times when we want to look at the reality of our plans, but we too quickly, when we're just considering an idea or just to hear about an opportunity, we're too quick to shoot holes in what could be the beginning of our greatest opportunity. And Napoleon Hill in Thinking Grow Rich says, your imaginative faculty may have become weak through inaction. Now, I know we've heard people here in these comments say, you know, I'm just not creative. Of course, you have the potential, but you, to, you have to develop that skill to be creative like anything else that has value. Not succumb to the idea that either you're creative or you're not. Rather, commit to developing your creativity. I mean, that's different than just memorizing facts and figures. You can develop your creativity through the use of your imagination. I mean, it can come alive with intentional use. But use of your imagination is the one most frequently called upon in the process of transforming desire into money, as an example. I mean, imagine what could go right. And the Bible tells us to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I mean, that's where it begins before there's any physical manifestation. But we can also use our minds to kill any idea. We'd immediately think of all the reasons it could go wrong, all the reasons we'll never have the money or the resources to make it happen. Release your imagination. Now, one of the things that's been recurring here, and then we're going to do a quick wrap-up, social psychologist Dr. David McClellan concluded after he did a Harvard research paper that he concluded the people you hang out with, what he refers to as your reference group, determine as much as 95% of your success or failure in life. So if you hang out with gangsters, you'll end up in prison. But if you hang out with rising stars, your star will rise also. And of course, we've referenced frequently the old Jim Rohn quote, you're the average of the five people you spend most time with. So just a recap here, just a quick recap. Uncertainty may present you with many options that you may overlook when things are certain. Take advantage of that uncertainty of those unexpected things like having a broken leg where you're going to be laid up for four months. What could you do if you simply believed you had the skills, drive, and intellect to be a millionaire? 
What would happen if somebody approached you and said, I've interviewed over 100 people. You are the only one that have the skills, the drive, the intellect to be a millionaire. If that person was really successful and somebody that you respected, how would that impact you? Maybe you need to tell yourself that and start walking it out. Do you have to have access to the best coaches, to expensive classes, courses? No. You have ready access to the resources to bring your dream to life. Only our limitation, our only limitation lies in the development and use of our imagination. Hey, thanks for being part of this community. Thanks for patience of hanging with us, staying with us all through this. I hope it's been inspiring, encouraging to you to help you identify your roadblocks, the things that are keeping you stuck. Golly, I believe you can move past this. Whatever it is, whatever you think it is holding you back, I think, I believe, the 100% conviction, you can move past that and release your life into the life that you want. Thanks for being part of this growing community where we know, without a shadow of a doubt, we can find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.